Welcome everybody back to the Domcast episode 6 And to be honest, we might as well just call it like episode 6 Because that's, that's what's happening in the league right now It's, it's <laughs> wild, bro um, You heard somebody laugh, that's my co-host today This is my guy, Bucket Patrol, actually Met him working with the 2K League I just have you on my phone as Destin I've never actually clar- clarified that <laughs> I, I don't know if you want your government name out there You just go hey, by Bucket man, Patrol look, I got, I'm a man of many names these days You can call me the Fed name, don't really matter <laughs> All right, right. Well, um, yeah, I, I figured I'd do it a little bit differently. That but Bucket is a Lakers fan. Wanted to bring a guest on this week because, as y'all know, if you if you've just been keeping up with the league at all, it's it's just getting absolutely rampaged by COVID. Basketball, besides this Lakers and Bulls game that just happened probably ten minutes ago, has not been that entertaining this week. And I just don't have it in me to ha- do like a twenty five minute segment about Gabe Vincent and Max Struess dominating for the Miami Heat like I just I just don't have it in <laughs> this week it's it's been a tough week um but anyways yeah uh Bucket you uh yeah we can introduce you a little bit long time Lakers fan uh LeBron Laker fan what what type what type of Laker fan are you because it has been a oh, no 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 talking. real Laker fan oh nine oh nine Laker back when they was beating up on your magic <laughs> your magic hey look at this cap look at this cap I ain't never been a that magic fan <laughs> Yo, oh, you were Orlando native? Claim your team, Brody. You can't be bouncing around to the Boston. You were in the Chicago. I can't see you, but you were in the Chicago beanie right now. Like, come man, on. look, I'm a, I'm a man of, of, of many of many teams gear, bro. But no, Orlando. Uh, I mean, look, I, I bought some Orlando Magic stock because they got nice young pieces there. You got Franz. Uh, Bro, just say his name real yeah. quick. I've been messing oh, this I, up I forever. Like Cole Anthony. Von, Franz I Wagner, like Cole, Anthony. Uh, Cole Anthony, Mo. Yeah, I, I bought stock, bro. I bought stock. The Magic gonna be good in a couple of years but right now it's just it, you know it unless you going to see franz it's really not it or cool um but okay so yeah laker fans since around 09 so you you, you followed it in about 12 years i got you by like a year or two as, as a celtics fan um we'll be talking about the lakers a little bit later in the podcast because i guess when i bring guests on we'll kind of focus on their team uh whenever i do bring people on but let's first of all just go ahead and talk about what protocols health and safety protocols are doing to the league because bro it's been I, I feel like it, it started to become a term that's causing it's not even ptsd we're going through it right now it was introduced to the league last year it was kind of like okay if we need it and i i don't know th- this year is definitely worse right like at this specific point with oh, health yeah. and safety yeah this this is definitely worse because i mean you got whole teams that are out because the nets have like 10 the celtics had six i mean i was looking at the um the COVID tracker earlier today and it's ridiculous bro like i was watching the nets play the game that um kd had that triple double against the raptors like the starting lineup was a whole bunch of dudes that like if you had played my career into like five years past that actual year a whole bunch of 2k generics bro like i've never seen these guys like the 60 overall 15 guys at the g league or something like that it was ridiculous man it's like with basketball hasn't been that much fun to watch because you're looking at these teams it's like one player you've heard of and a whole bunch of guys they picked up on the street like you got chip you got potato chip Penny and napkin from us, SpongeBob's roster pulling up and starting for the best team in the East right now. Like, what the, like, what? Come on, dude. It's ridiculous. But you know what's crazy is when they, because a lot of these guys are from the G League, and it it only looks familiar to me because I'm working with the G League this year. But even the dudes that are getting called up from the G League are also getting protocoled. So that happened to Stanley Johnson. The Celtics had a guy named Broderick Thomas that we called up from the main Celtics. He got healthy, health and safety. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't happen to Isaiah Thomas on your list because he's actually playing pretty good he got called up after he dropped like 40 in the g league uh, we'll, we'll see how long it lasts with them 
But yeah, we don't have to go through the whole list because we would be here pretty much the whole day. What do you think is is going to happen at this point? Because the way I'm looking at it, first of all, Christmas Day is clapped at this point. If I'm just going down the schedule, oh, yeah. Trey Young is out. Uh, the Knicks have started playing Kimball Walker. Tim, uh, Tom Thibodeau has been forced into playing him again. I know he ain't want to, but he played pretty good the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah he against Boston, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he set us on fire. It's crazy. Just That's just what happens to the Celtics this year. Uh, Giannis is probably going to be out. He was like 11 days from Christmas Day. Maybe he'll play, but even if he plays, I'm pretty sure Jason Tatum or somebody be out by then. Um, this couple of Warriors went out. Wiggins and Poole are out, so now they are the 2021 Warriors. Like, bro, it kind of feels like after Christmas, I mean, knowing the NBA and how they are with money, I, I don't want to say that they're going to pause, but I kind of feel like they're... I don't know. I don't know. What do you, do you think is going to pause? You think it's just going to keep on trucking through? Because like, fam, everyone is missing at least one star right now. I mean, we're, we're talking about on a business level, right? The NBA lost about a billion dollars since the bubble and onward, just because of all the games they missed, the advertisement dollars they lost out on, fans, ticket sales they missed out on, all that type of stuff. And as a business, your goal is always to recoup your losses no matter what. The way I see it, the NBA should shut down. Like after Christmas, I mean, look, I don't really care about the G League guys playing each other in the in the Christmas Day games. Like, I'm sure we can wait a little bit until we get the COVID stuff under control. But with that being said, though, I've heard rumors about the NBA, like playing players that are non, they're asymptomatic. Like, if you don't have any symptoms, they'll let you play, even if you test positive. I've heard that, like, they have, like, 60 roster spots, roster spots open now for teams because of COVID protocols. So, like, they have, like, I think, what's the word for it? It's like, um, at stress. Uh, what's the word? I, I know what words you're, you're thinking of right now. And it's, yeah. it's, so like, it's the stress, when they like the, the roster, they're stressed because they don't have enough people to hardship fill enough to play. Yeah, Hard, hardship. Yeah, 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 the hardship exemption. Yeah, like they had like 40 spots open for teams because of the hardship exemption now. So the NBA is trying. They are squeezing every dollar out of this, man. They're squeezing every dollar. They might as well just go ahead and throw the main red claws versus like Santa Cruz. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even remember what Santa Cruz's team is at this point for Christmas Day for the headliner. (laughs) But um, I don't know. It just, to me, as an NBA fanatic, I don't really get up for watching these games anymore because none of the players that I want to watch are even there to play. Like, I'm a Laker fan. I'm like the Lakers, when they were playing like Ryan, they were playing like Ryan Kelly and Jordan Clarkson (laughs) and Robert Sacre back in like 2014 and whatnot. I was tuning in because that's what I'm going to do. But the typical fan has no interest in that and honestly my interest has been waiting on it so i feel like they're gonna try their hardest to keep the games going but at one point you just gotta look at it and say man like what are we even doing like this is a terrible product this is not really benefiting anybody right you know i i think you brought up a good point talking about recouping the losses because that is probably what is going to keep it going unless it just gets to a point where they can't because this is now the third the nba's third covid season so three seasons have now been affected in some way last year we didn't have crowds until damn near the playoffs so that's a ton of money there we had to finish 2020 in the bubble which i knew they don't want to do that because i I don't know if if you noticed have you noticed the i don't don't know how much you use social media but have you noticed the lack of highlights that come from the bubble like how we go back and we we reminisce on on highlights sometimes do you see bubble highlights ever circulating i feel like it's a lot of stuff that happened that's just lost just lost the history because you don't see those viral tweets of bubble dunks and bubble blocks i'm not gonna lie to you i had never thought about that and, and the thing is there's moments in my head like i'm a laker fan so the moment that pops out to me among 
all the different moments besides Danny Green missing that three in game five in the finals. <laughs> I'm still pissed about that. But outside of that, I think about AD's uh, game winner in uh, game two against the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. And I've now you mentioned I've like never seen that clipped anywhere for any highlights, even though that's a hype moment. So, yeah. I never even thought about that, but yeah, you're kind of right. So, I, I mean, it makes sense because they're trying to remove themselves as much from COVID as possible. And it's almost like taboo to talk about the bubble because <laughs> it reminds people of the of the fact that we're like kind of going through a global pandemic that's claimed millions of lives. And the NBA doesn't want you to think about They just want to think about, ooh, ball go through hoop. I buy tickets and merch. <laughs> so I, I believe it, though. I, don't, I never thought about that conspiracy theory, but as you bring it up, I could believe it. Yeah, no, the uh, the the bubble erasure is real because you're right that the AD game winner that imagine that happened in like a regular playoff setting. You would see that Jamal Murray. I remember had a excuse me. Jamal Murray had a crazy layup one time that was damn near like Jordan level. I have not seen that since the day it happened. There was yeah, there was a there was a game where LeBron was like targeting Westbrook damn near when he was still on the still on the Rockets. Haven't seen none of that. So Uh, but anyways, that's kind of besides the point. Yeah, no, you're right. That's kind of why we probably will just truck through because it's the third season where they've lost money to some degree and if they have to have us watching cam thomas playing wayne ellington as the headliner on on christmas day then that's just kind of what it's gonna be i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be there but my arms are gonna be crossed i'm gonna be sick i'm gonna be sick bro oh my god yeah I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't made any formal decisions yet. I have, I have watched every Christmas Day game in full since probably 2009. I would say I've never missed a Christmas Day except for those ones that come on with the Jazz at the end of the day that nobody cares about. I, I fall asleep on those, but I, I haven't, I haven't missed any up to that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, we know the league is screwed right now, so we don't have to stay on COVID protocols forever. That just kind of is what it is. If you log into Twitter, Shams and or Woj, you're going to tell you, uh, one, your star or your role player or bench guy is out so that's basically what's happening there but we were having i felt like we were having a really a really good season before this outbreak happened um so yeah yeah what were some of the the teams like outside of the lakers you you'd been impressed with because there's a lot of young guys there's a lot of young teams that were clicking um and it sucks now because since these outbreaks are happening of course they're gonna have to get that rhythm back mid-season since we're not we're not stopping, but uh, what, what were some of the things you were paying attention to before, you know, before Omicron just started dropping 50 left and right? <laughs> Facts. Well, before it became the COVID League, uh, I was really <clears throat> into the Warriors. That's, and that's not, not a hot take at all. Like, oh, wow, you like the best team in the NBA. But I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they were without Klay Thompson. But in my opinion, they're the best team in the NBA when they're all healthy and they're all there. Obviously, without Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, debatably, they're I guess you say, I don't know where you put Draymond, if you consider him better than Wiggins or not right now. I would, like, it goes up and down for me, depends on the day, but they're missing basically like their second, third, or third and fourth best player right now. Um, But I love Golden State. I love what they're doing. Their defense is ridiculous. And before Steph started chasing that three-point record, he was the best (laughs) player in the NBA to me. He started chasing, and it was was obvious how bad he was hunting. He was head hunting. He's basically like that girl, like that guy in the club that like so- soloed out a single girl in the bar, and he's going out of his way to like find a way to just happen to be in the same space as her. He was just, <laughs> and it was messing up the flow of everything for the game, it's for the whole group. It just messed up the flow for everybody. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but Golden State, then Phoenix also. I and I don't know why, because I mean they went to the finals and they went six games against a really good Bucks team. So I don't know why I was surprised by them being so good. But, I mean, I wasn't expecting 18 straight wins and having the best record in the NBA. That 
surprised me. Um, Cleveland was a team I did not see coming into their form this early on as they have. But Jared Allen has been ridiculous. Like Jared Allen's been like, honestly, I'd say he's been like on some real deal. I, it's hard for me to even describe like how I would even define him. Like he's giving All me like <laughs> DeAndre Jordan Lob City vibes, but better because he can actually guard on the perimeter and he can do something beyond just catch lobs from Chris Paul. Uh, Colin Sexton, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> DeAndre Jordan. Uh, <laughs> Hey, look, I hate Andrew Jordan. The fact that he's in our rotation just upsets me greatly, and I'll try my best not to dive into it because it just makes no sense. Like, we're playing – we have played lineups with Rondo Westbrook and DeAndre Jordan at the yeah. same time. And it, like, has genuinely made brain cells die. Like, Fred Vogel, I'm pretty sure, was tested positive for COVID before he actually got in the protocol because that man has been sick to hit in his head <laughs> to play a, a rotation like that. But um, those those have been the three teams that, like, really came out and surprised me, and I just enjoy watching them play. Uh, I love watching the Hornets play because I love LaMelo and Miles Bridges, especially Miles Bridges because he's been having a great season. Honestly, he's, like, one of my picks for um, most improved this year. Uh, but those are some of the teams that, that stood out to me outside of my squad. But you know, it's Lakers to the day I die. So everybody else is just fighting for second, in my opinion. <laughs> fighting for second. That's funny. It's because the Lakers are not even fighting for second now. Like, at, at best, they You're probably fight for like ninth. <laughs> fight for ninth. <laughs> fight, yeah, y'all, might, y'all might just slip up a couple more times. It might be like a play-in game with the Wolves. You know, you don't know. It's, it's getting that crucial. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. But, you know, you, you brought up Cleveland and it, it has been awesome to watch because they were a team that even weathered the storm better than I thought they could because they were young and because they kind of came out of nowhere early in the season. They lost Laurie Markin and out of nowhere. Then Colin Sexton got hurt. He's out for the season, actually, I believe. Evan Mobley had yeah, an elbow gone. injury. Yep. Um, and I thought, OK, well, yeah, they had a hot start, but there goes they're about to slide. But no, it's working beautifully. Jared Allen right now is of today's definitely got to be an all-star Darius Garland is hooping and I think he's getting even more reps because Sexton is out they've made the the whole tall ball thing work Evan Mobley has a ways to go with improvement but for you know for the guy that you drafted to just kind of you know develop on this Cavs team he's been great and just for the listeners out there just so you know I probably meant to say at the beginning this is definitely a bit more of a, a casual podcast today so I will be throwing out things that I don't normally discuss in detail um but it has got me curious has got me curious about a, a LeBron farewell tour over there because you can see it forming, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you can see Cleveland. See, I'm not forming. gonna lie because <laughs> Rusty, because Rusty Buckets made a video a couple, it was like a week or two ago about LeBron going back to the Cavs. I was like, BS, but then I was like, you know what? I got time, I got time today, and I'll listen to him. I was like, Young Core picks, Kevin Love's about to be off the books, so they're gonna have cap space. And then they're probably see the only thing. Here's the thing: like I feel like it could happen, but I feel like LeBron's farewell tour is going to be tied to wherever Bronny gets drafted. Because I feel like uh-huh. when he leaves the Lakers at the end of his two-year contract, Bronny's going to be a rookie, and wherever he goes, he's probably going to go. And at least the way that Cleveland, I guess, it's, and that also depends on like where you think Bronny will go in the draft. Because some people say he's not all that good, and he might be like a late first round or early second. So that's another conversation completely. Um, it's too early for me to really have an opinion on it because dude's in high school, so I don't really know. Um, but then also you could think that even if he's not that good, honestly, if I'm an NBA team, I might draft Bronny just because I know it's a <laughs> twin pack of deodorant with his dad. <laughs> so I'm a cop him regardless. But um, I feel like outside of the Bronny stuff, I think that would be 
a good thing for him just to be able to go back and finish where he started and have a farewell tour like on the same essence of Kobe's when he was you know, in his last year with the Lakers. I think it would be poetic. As a Laker fan, I don't want him to leave, but as an NBA fan and just somebody who's a fan of LeBron, and I think that would just be a nice storybook ending. I could see it. And plus, at this point, the Cavs are better than the Lakers. Like today, they're better than the Lakers. So, I mean, it could happen. Yeah, the crazy thing is, the from tonight where we are, December nineteenth, LeBron is still dominant, and he right now. I, I look because I was curious. I forgot he assigned a two year thing, so he has this year and he has next year left on his contract. Uh, if he uh-huh. does it, if he manages not to bang knees with anybody between then or hurt that groin anymore, it kind of feels like he's still gonna be really dominant by the end of what would it, that be the twenty twenty three season? Um, that would be yeah, his. It kind of feels like he's still like from where he is today. It kind of feels like he's still gonna be really damn good. So. It's almost like it's it, wherever he has his last season. Well, we don't even know if that's his last season. Hell, we, after this two years Lakers contract, it's like he could keep going, really. Because I mean, he's still averaging like what? He's averaging like twenty five seven and seven this year. Like he's year playing great. Nineteen. He's, he's playing, playing great. He had a, and he had a great game today. He had what? He had thirty one points, fourteen rebounds. Uh, he yeah. shot terrible from three, but I mean, he played solid. Yeah, and he was. Uh, so, I mean, he still got a lot in the tank. He was still bulldozing too in this Bulls game. I, I was just watching, just especially because there's no rim protection for Chicago right now. I don't think there's there often is, but yeah, he was just he was just bulldozing at Caruso on him sometimes. He's still doing the you know things that he he's been doing for a while. So yeah, it is it is fun. It's a joke right now, the whole thing with the Cavs. But I just kind of look at where this Cavs core will be in two years if they're able to stay healthy because Evan Mobley will be a whole lot better. Jared Allen is what he is. Darius Garland is going to be a whole lot better. Um, just like you throw. LeBron in the middle of that, all of that, that that's a, that's an appealing thing. They could they could be con, they could be contending with him at the end of there, but it'd be funny to hear what Cavs fans think about that because then you start to say, oh well, you know these are young guys. We just kind of want to build for the future, maybe build something without LeBron. Because yeah, when, when you put him in there, it does change that entire dynamic. Uh, but I guess we would just kind of have to see where we are in two years right now. For right now, for this season, I, I am uh, unfortunately Cleveland just got hit with an outbreak. I don't know if you saw, but pretty much yeah, everyone just got hit. I think. Mobley, Jared Allen, like every team is eventually yeah, going Mobley, to. Jared Allen, I think. Did did, did Darius Garland get hit? I think he was good. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but because I know they played the Bucks last night. Yeah. I think and Isaac Okoro got hit. Yeah, see, like, um, goddamn, that's their wing defender. <laughs> yeah, so the yeah. whole team, yeah, so Valentine team gone. gone. Yeah, they got like I, eight people. Right I'm not gonna lie, low key, I ain't even really know he was there, but whatever. That's that's. I like Denzel Valentine. I remember him from uh, Michigan State, so I've been following him as, in his journeyman adventures. But uh, yeah, like this is ridiculous. Pretty much, if you know, if you've heard of them, they're probably out for COVID protocol, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, so uh, it, last I checked, they were probably fourth in the East. What are we thinking about the Eastern Conference this year, though? Because again, every thing we're kind of discussing today i guess since we're right at christmas it's kind of like a recap of up to this point uh, up to this point the east has been awesome it's actually off the top of my head been better than the west the teams have been better i think the records have been and uh you you look at like a nets team that's been at the top who hasn't had Kyrie and really has only had like 60 percent of james harden i think they still have the first seat or something close to it you've had the bucks who have just had guys in and out the entire year up to now and they still managed to get like second miami heat got guys out there probably in a top four seed um but yeah you you've got thoughts on the eastern conference because if we can get to a point where people are healthy at the end that's gonna be a really really fun playoffs and i actually don't know how it's gonna shake out right now especially because I, I guess this is the part where we'll start to get to that Kyrie is uh he, he's come around mm-hmm. well no he didn't come around actually. part-time employee the team Kyrie, fo- 20 yeah. hours a week Kyrie. yeah the team folded actually he didn't come around the team folded is what happened so um, yeah let, let's talk about the eastern conference a little bit 
Yeah, so I honestly think I'm trying to think. So I've been a fan of the NBA, hard fan anyway, since 2009. I feel like this is the first year that I could say that the East is like top to bottom better than the West. I feel like it might be a year I'm forgetting when LeBron was on the Heat and, and Chicago was good. Um, Boston was still good. That maybe back then in like early 2010s. But as far as I can remember, this is like the only year I can definitively say like the East is better than the West. And even still, the West has kind of been catching up. Because you got the Suns, the Warriors. The Jazz are like fool's gold to me because they're great in the regular season and they fold like a lawn chair in the playoffs every year because uh, Rudy Gobert gets cooked like some beignets. But um, I think mostly because of, like the West has been so injured because I think if it weren't for the fact that the Nuggets are pretty much playing with Jokic and a bunch of role players, that they would be better. Then obviously no Kawhi for the Clippers. LeBron, AD, Westbrook have basically just been trading injuries. Um, the Mavs are just not good. For some reason this year, Kings are not good this year. Um, the Pelicans just suck just because of the Pelicans. I love beating up on the Pelicans. This is like one of my favorite hobbies. And we're going to talk about Zion later too, I'm, I'm sure. So I got a lot to say about that. But yeah, uh, the East has just been weird because I remember there was a point in time the Wizards were the best team in the East for like the yep. first 20 games of this season. And I was sitting here thinking, wow, we traded Kuzma and Montrez Harrell for Westbrook. And somehow we lost the trade. <laughs> Yeah, we knew what? that wasn't gonna like, last. We knew that wasn't gonna last though with the Wizards. Right. The I knew it wouldn't, but that was just sick at the moment because Wizards had the best record in the league for a couple for a couple weeks. I'm thinking, wow, this is just the Lakers' luck. Like, there's just nothing else I could say about it. But um, I think Brooklyn is a really interesting team because, like you said, James Harden has been sixty percent. And I don't know what your perspective on this is. If you think it's just because of like the the foul baiting rule change. Or if it's just because he had a little bit of a slump, I think it's a little bit of both. But no, Kyrie and James Harden's been having one of pretty much like his worst season since he left the Thunder, um, and they're still the best team in the East. And now Kyrie's coming back, which means that you know he's going to be able to fill in that second score slot that James Harden's been kind of iffy on being able to do consistently. Though because of COVID protocols, since he's still not vaccinated, and that's something I was thinking about. Like, what if Kyrie does come back and they end up playing Golden State in the finals or whatever, and he can't play at any Golden oh, State wow. home games? No, so now he it, got his second best player gone for three to four games of that series. Is but, uh, I can't, I can't remember if their rules are the same like that. I, I know that was how it was for like Toronto. You can't go to Toronto and play uh, under any circumstances, whether you play for them or you play for another team. You cannot play in Toronto unless you're vaxxed right now. I don't think it's that way for Golden State, though, because I haven't been hearing anything about when Bradley Beal and the Wizards go over there. It's not I don't think he hasn't hmm. said I, th- I think it, I, I don't, I'm not just a full transparency. I'm not 100 percent clear on that, but there are some arenas like the Raptors. If the Nets did for some reason play the Raptors in the playoffs, yeah, Kyrie would miss. But not even that Kyrie's going to miss home games out of the playoffs at this specific moment because he, he's not going to be able to play yeah. in Brooklyn. Oh, you can't play in Brooklyn either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you'd be gone out. You're right. Yeah. So then this whole, there's some series you won't play at all. Yeah, you're right. So, so yeah. that's what's interesting because the nets on paper are the best team but because of covid protocol they could also be mid because of the fact they can't play but like just kd and non-foul bait and james harden so <laughs> um, so it's interesting but yeah i think the the, the east is definitely better than the west right now because the bulls have been killer and i was just crying before we started the podcast about how we could have had demar Derozan, and he just yeah. gave us 40 he gave us a 40 piece with no sides Cavs <laughs> good the bucks and the bucks they've been injured all year but when the when Giannis 
um, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton play. I think they're like, you know, like seventy five percent win percentage or something. Or like not that. even so that. I mean, they've lost like play. they've lost like one or two games with all three of them. I think. Uh, I, I'm not sure. That's yeah. not me updated in my head. They barely lost with them at all. Yeah, they lost like two or three games tops with all of them there. Um, and the Heat have been good. Uh, I don't really like the Celtics to be honest. Like I just oh, well, I know there's something that. about that team. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not even just because I'm a Laker fan, but just there's something about that team. Like I just feel like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just as a duo. It's one of those things where it's like they don't they're good individual talents, but they don't like make each other better. They don't elevate each other's game. But still, top to bottom, looking at the top eight, and I guess because the player you got to look at nine and ten. I think that their top ten are better than our top ten right now. Yeah, uh, just to your small point in in Boston, that's something I talked about on the podcast at the beginning. I 100% expect, really, it's not a question. When they do trade one of them, it, it'll be Jalen Brown. They're not going to trade Jason Tatum. No, Tatum, no, no question. Jason yeah. Tatum's too. He's got his upsides too high tonight. That to face of the franchise, and I'm pretty sure they're going to break them up because, like you said, I, I don't think as a duo they complement each other all that well. I think that they've maybe with, with the cap situation and the roster situation right now that window for them to win a championship together might have it really might have been missed unless they pull off some type of miracle and are able to get a third guy or something like that that window just might be gone uh because the rosters just feels like it's stuck we we lost we had kimba there and it was cool and they were really good but then kimba slowly started to regress and then we had to get rid of him so now the point guard situation has just been a mix between marcus smart and dennis Schroeder, and then we got peyton pritchard coming off the bench it's just been just a whole lot of weirdness with boston but uh to, to your point with the nets though talk about you, you were asking me about the harden thing also something i talked about I, I think it's still i think it's a bit of both the the file baiting being corrected definitely hurt him almost and it's to the point where sometimes i i don't hate harden they do overcorrect on him sometimes they like do it, he don't need to get anything now like there's times where this man really is out here playing rugby they're like clean like come on y'all like i get it y'all 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 like autocorrect it's like y'all were like drifting off the road a little bit to the right and y'all swung the wheel hard left and now you're literally flying off the left median on the highway like give him yeah something, but. yeah yeah for sure there's definitely times where i'm watching and it's like oh yeah he got hit that time but because he's pretty much the poster child for this rule uh he, he might not get it so we'll see if that corrects itself but uh, other than that it is a hundred percent to well not a hundred percent then um it's it's also that he's not as explosive from the injury i believe it's just times where you're seeing him try to beat guys off the dribble it just does not look as explosive his playmaking is still there which is important because Kyrie is about to come back so yeah that that is interesting because I had said at the beginning of the season, I thought he was going to be back by Thanksgiving. That was my original prediction. I just didn't see it where I'm like, he's, there's no way he's going to sit out the whole year. Of course, I couldn't have foreseen this outbreak because as the year was going on and we, did, we didn't hear about Kyrie at all. I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's going to play again, if he's going to play basketball again. Of course, I didn't foresee this outbreak that's had Kevin Durant playing what 40 plus minutes and shit like that. He's got some super high minute total when he's had an Achilles injury in his career. So now they're pretty much and with the rotation Brooklyn has, they're saying, okay, you know what? Uh, some Kyrie is better than no Kyrie. I think that the, the Nets owner said, I don't know what question led to it, but he said his religion is winning games and winning championships. So they're trying to pretty much avoid all questioning about why they've, why they folded and let him come, come back. Uh, either way, they let him come back. He got health and safety. He actually, what I've heard is he returned a positive test too. So whatever, he'll he'll be back eventually. And yeah, he's on COVID protocol right now. Which yeah, is funny he is. He hasn't played a single game, and somehow he's still on COVID protocol. Yeah, I thought he but. was gonna have to do it 
automatically just because he'd been away from the team but apparently he actually had a positive so i don't know either way he'll be back and playing like everyone else who's had a positive um but that's gonna change yeah, things it's either him or david duke so he's gonna be back <laughs> hey man that, hey no david duke slander he actually's had a pretty decent hey no decent david been hooping yeah. david, no, that's what i'm saying like he was hooping i said hold on who is david duke if i was like hold on like there's another d duke that i heard of who's uh not as kind to the brothers i know it can't be him <laughs> Uh, nah, yeah, we, we, they didn't. They didn't throw that man a contract. Thankfully, um, but, they're not that desperate. That might be nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Nets have been playing. That, that's what Austin. We were talking about before this tonight. Austin Rivers said, "I think it was a Nuggets and Nets game that got canceled, probably for today." He said that when they thought they were going to play, they were scouting. He said he seen names that he never saw before. He was like, "They, they were." I was scouting for anonymous basically because they've been pulling guys up from the G League. They've been pulling guys that if you're ca- not even just a casual, if you just follow the NBA in a regular capacity, you still might not know. But the, okay, last year there was a milder outbreak. It eventually got to the point where by the end of the season, guys were back. Um, if they were out, it was really because of injury. There wasn't a whole lot of people getting health and safety protocol by the end. So by the end of this season, it will probably be the same. We probably won't see it as much. And I feel like the Kyrie thing is kind of floating under the radar because this season has been so good and it's been so competitive. We low key forgot Kyrie comes back to the Nets. They get healthy. That's that's the that's the ball game. Like I don't really think. And well, well, but but okay, I say that forgetting that the Warriors have been as good as they are and they're going to get Klay Thompson back. But still, though, it's a there's a lot of I things think this going is, on. Too much firepower. Like if they all play and are healthy with no COVID protocol restrictions, I just think they're the best team in basketball. Because you got to think, without Kyrie, they were about to beat the Bucks last year. Yeah. Before Harden got hurt, so I just think that team, as good as Golden State has played this year, it just gets to a point where star power versus star power, you can't beat. Because I don't know where you put Kyrie, but they have at least three of the top 15 players in the league. With decent role players, so it just in a seven game series, I just don't see anybody beating them more than like twice. That's the thing that's changed, and and once I'll just keep going. That's the thing that's changed is the Nets are better at defense than they were last year too. They came in and have had a better defensive season. Lamarcus Aldridge has filled in really nicely. He's going to get to slide back into just like a a sometimes role as opposed to having to be the third leading scorer on the team. And then you've got these additions of a Patty Mills and and Bimbry who's come in and played defense. Throw Kyrie on top of this. This is an entirely different team. It's going to take some time for him to get back in shape. The only question I have, because the whole reason they didn't let him play at the beginning of the season was because of the part-time and that is going to be a tricky thing to navigate because that's what doris burke was saying she don't know how you can have a player as important as him more or less just fucking up the rotation throughout the season that's something that steve nash has to handle and then when you get to the playoffs new york that new york mandate is not going anywhere i still think that's gonna be in place next season so him not being able to play home games that again brooklyn is a it's it's the fact that he's going to be in and out of the rotation and the fact that they are a much lesser team without him i guess but there is no it cannot hurt though at this point to a get kd less minutes than he's had some nights at least and then b get hard in a break too because the spotlight shines so bright on him right now without Kyrie, uh his shortcomings him not being the same harden as he was that really matters when you're missing 27 points a game from from a Kyrie irving but we'll see we'll we'll see because 
Uh, he's not getting vaccinated. Obviously, they've let him come back without getting vaccinated. So he is going to be sitting out certain games. And when you get to the playoffs, he's still going to have to sit out those games. And that's going to matter when you get into a series with the Bucks. Uh, when you get into a series with Golden State, not having Kyrie for half of those series probably is it, definitely going to matter a lot. Um, but I, I do agree with you to to some extent, though. Yeah, I you put Kyrie on this team. I seriously think Golden State is kind of their only challenge here um there's no replacement yeah. yeah there's no replacement for having guys as as good as as so you think phoenix Curry. has a chance at all i i, I was it's funny because that's why i was kind of slowing down as i was saying if phoenix is really damn good too phoenix is leveled up is the thing they're not the same phoenix that was in the playoffs last year uh guys have gotten better i think aiden has gotten a little bit better in the post and as a roller mikhail bridges is taking a step booker before he went out with a hamstring was killing um, but Brooklyn with Kyrie is just, I don't know. We, we've called him a super team before we called him a super team before that was when Harden was still a rockets Harden. That's the thing. I have to see how Harden comes super along. Team. My thing is if Harden is your third best player, you're a super team. There's yeah. no way getting around that. Like I've seen. Oh and- shit. I'm going to have to bring, I'm going to have to blink that out. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, no, 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 I'm gonna I'm I'm cut it. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm gonna cut it. No, oh man, no, my bad, my bad. You're good, you're good, you're good. Oh, I'm cut it. But yeah, I just looked at that's definitely a super team. Like it doesn't get any tougher than that. That's the Avengers of basketball. Even when James Harden, because again, like with Kyrie, James Harden had made himself that 18 point, 12 assist a game type of facilitator, reluctant scorer. And Kyrie has been basically playing that off guard scoring role when they were all three playing together. So, I mean, I feel like James Harden could easily slide back into that with Kyrie there. And KD has just been a monster. He's right now, at least because Steph's had like a last, like last one week or two, has just had a little bit of a slide. He's like the top pick for me anyway for MVP. So, yeah, the MVP, you got one of the best scorers in the NBA. You got two of the best scorers in the NBA, at least when James Harden is still in his bag. James Harden is debatably. One of the best facilitators, if not the best facilitator in the NBA when he wants to be. And you got Patty Mills. You got all these other role players who are playing solid. Like, it just, I don't know who's beating that in seven games, bro. I just don't see it. That is a part that I forgot to discuss there because we hadn't really gotten to the MVP yet. I feel like as the season wears on, guys get back. This does make Steph's job easier because once Kyrie comes back, people start looking at the Nets how we looked at them last year where we said, hey, the MVP can't come from that team. You got three top three scorers in NBA history. So people will inevitably look back and say, hey, through the first 30 games, Kevin Durant was an absolute monster. Uh, That's not even half the season. Once you throw Kyrie back onto that and then Steph keeps doing what he's doing, he gets out of uh, the the chasing the girl in the club mode, basically, is what you were saying. I think it it definitely puts him back on track because that was... I was about to say disgraceful. It wasn't disgraceful, but that was ugly as hell to watch him him chasing the record. It got to a point I didn't know how much it actually meant to him. Like, I knew it meant a lot, but I guess because I felt like it was a foregone conclusion, I didn't know how hyped he was going to be to get it and how hard he was going for it. And then once he got it, it really did look like a, a weight just kind of you know kind of kind of released off of him. But for that last for the last sixteen threes before he got there, it was straight like there was a Portland game where he just shot. He shot exactly. 63s yeah, yeah yeah he was he was chasing got even worse. people were like oh man what if steph breaks the, the single game three-point record to break it and i think he was really trying oh no, i think he, he, he heard it said yeah you know what i'm gonna 
put him up. <laughs> yeah, and his percentages are so great that it don't even matter. He he could just fuck off a couple of games basically and say, you know what, let me try to do something crazy. It didn't happen, but but he eventually broke it. And yeah, we, that was a topic we had written down on here. Uh, the three point record is going to be insane because he's going to hit three thousand. He hasn't even played eight hundred games yet. Like Ray Allen broke it in fourteen hundred. He hasn't even hit eight hundred yet and has already broke it. I mean, I think the way I see it, I think I mean obviously Steph's broke it, but then eventually Clay's going to pass it. Harden's gonna pass it. To be honest, I don't know where KD sits right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if eventually he passed it. There's a whole bunch of guys I feel like now, just because of the volume of threes that players shoot now, I just see that record getting blown out the water. Like by the time this generation of players, I don't really know if, like how you qualify this generation of players. I guess like the Trey Youngs, the Luka Doncic's, um, and whatnot. By the time they're done, like Ray Allen's not gonna be top 15 anymore. Had you had you done the math of how many threes Curry will probably end up with? Had you had you done that yet? Nah, I haven't even done it yet. I know it's got to be ridiculous because yeah. I mean he passed it in like eight hundred games. Um, and how old is that? Like 31, 32? 32, something like that. Yeah, it's like so, thirty. And a guy like him, he's the type of guy who could play until he's like thirty eight, and he's making like four hundred threes a season. So I mean, he could get into the four thousands easy. Yeah. Yeah, stuff is uh, it's gonna take like a, a robot or an artificial intelligence to to break that record because I don't care how much the game change after this. It's not, I, I don't know that record is gonna stand definitely longer than the ten years that that Ray Allen stood, and he he was understandably a, a bit bothered. You can see that shit all on his face. It was uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Um, we can actually go ahead and get a little bit into the Lakers and the season that they're having right now. They've now lost two straight games, lost to Minnesota, lost to uh, tonight, the Chicago Bulls. And it's kind of compounded by COVID this season because when we saw the pictures this summer, everyone was saying, oh, hey, let's see and let's wait and see if this turns into the 2013 Lakers, which you lived through. We all lived through, but you were actually, you were a fan of that. Uh, but obviously... I wake up in cold sweats at 4 in the morning <laughs> thinking about the 2013 Lakers. Oh my gosh. The season that drove Kobe to the ground. Yeah. <sighs> the protocols obviously aren't helping that but they were having injuries before this whole outbreak thing happened one guy would come back in another guy goes out they never even had Kendrick Nunn they just got Trevor Ariza back tonight Austin Reeves was out for a while and it's made it difficult because the times that LeBron has been able to play even he missed a ton of time times that he's been able to play it seems like he really has to push himself hard regardless of the team for them to get wins he can't really just coast so i kind of let you take the floor and how you think the westbrook experiment has gone which i do want to say because because we talk about westbrook and people automatically think it's slander i do want to say as of late he's played he's played he's been playing really good yeah he's played i didn't watch the games i looked at his box score you actually watched the games i don't know Mm -hmm. how it translated but i mean he had 20 points eight assists nine rebounds um I mean, he had like six, seven turnovers, at least from what I see in the box score. You've seen the game, so you can tell me how it actually looked with the eye test. But he's played a lot better like the last three or four weeks. If anything, I'd say AD's been playing worse than him over like the last month. And that's a whole nother can of worms. I feel like AD's been getting away scot-free, and that's honestly got to stop. It's got to stop. I think he's finally starting to get caught out now, but yeah, he's been soft. He's been cottonell tissue to me like the last month and a half. Yeah, no, elaborate, because that is what people have been kind of pretty much saying. A lot of Laker fans, I follow a lot of Laker fans on Twitter, and they they have been kind of calling AD out. I would just say from the outside, I'm not a fan, so I don't need him to perform. So on the outside looking in, I will say it does seem like he has 
a ton on his plate being the Lakers soul. I don't know if I say soul rim protector, but one of their only rim protectors, one of their only quote unquote good defenders this season. Um, guys, guys get beat on the perimeter. He ends up contesting shots at the rim a ton. Then you have nights where his primary matchup is the guy that's going at the rim. Like cat the, the, the night he just went out the other night, cat was absolutely bullying him before that. Jaron Jackson was going into his chest. Uh, he, he does take a lot but I, this is the same thing i keep hearing from laker fans though is they, they just they're just not really happy with ad since he's since he's won the championship really even though he's been hurt but yeah. um yeah he's been i mean he's been hurt and i don't want to hold that against him because in the, the day you can't control your health like if you just hurt you're hurt um but to me and i recognize it like he's the best defender he is the rim protector you could say deandre jordan is too but I mean, he plays like 15 minutes and honestly deandre jordan probably couldn't guard a parked car with an ar-15 yeah speaking speaking of that before we go to ad what why don't you (laughs) like because i I do talk about deandre jordan on this on this pod a little bit what do you not like about having deandre jordan in your team's rotation we have no spacing as it is because we're running lines of westbrook and rondo so like we have as much spacing as like two perfectly aligned teeth have so like (laughs) when you're putting a center who can't shoot out there who can't do anything but catch lobs and play subpar defense. It's just like, why? Because I know AD doesn't want to play the five. But AD, I'm sorry, you just need to buck up, champ. Like, please, <laughs> play the five. Like, our best lineups, if you look at like, actual net rating for certain lineups and stuff, because I'd be geeking. Like, the lineups with AD at center are some of our best ones. Surprisingly, some of our best ones are also LeBron at the five. Yes. But he's, and he's like 45, so I'm not expecting him to do that. But for one, DeAndre Jordan, he just – like, I'm sorry, he can't guard anybody on the perimeter. Like, now I'm sorry, you can't be a big who can't guard on the perimeter anymore. That's why the Jazz are always fake contenders to me, because they always get abused, because Rudy Gobert, as great of a rim protector as he is, he can't man a defense where he has Marcus Morris and Terrence Mann torching for eight threes a game. That's just not going to work. So I just don't like him for that reason. And that's that's really all it is. I ain't got really much else to say, but stop playing them, Frank, please. Just, yeah. just put AD at the five. <clears throat> just backing up to one of your points in the no, LeBron at center is actually something they did tonight. And I know you were busy during this Bulls game, uh, but that's something that they played. That works really well. I guess it's just like when Anthony Davis is there, you kind of wonder how they how they make it work. Is it AD at four and Braun at five? Because the best Braun at five lineups are when it's him and then it's it's small. It's it's I, I don't know. I yeah. don't have all the net ratings and stuff in my head, but but it kind of seems like it's LeBron at five, and then you have like Melo out there. You've got obviously you've got Westbrook because that helps him a lot too when they're able to run pick and rolls together. That some of the Westbrook best ones like when they have when they have Westbrook, Malik Monk, Melo, AD, Bron. When AD's out, I've seen. I guess Wayne Ellington's been in and out and stuff like that, but they've run some lineups with him. Um, I've seen them run some lineups with Isaiah Thomas out there last two games with LeBron at the five, which. And I, we'll talk about that later. I don't know. I'm a little mixed on the Isaiah Thomas stuff, but I mean, it's part partially just because of COVID. So it's not really that big of a deal. But I just think it's not sustainable to have LeBron at center because maybe when he was, you know, like Miami Heat LeBron, he was a super freak athlete. Because you could almost make the argument now that LeBron is kind of injury prone now. Like he's missed about as many games as he's played this season. And AD, the, like the baton was supposed to have been passed in 2020. That was the proverbial baton pass in 2020 when they won the title and to me ad needs to be the best player on this team now like i want lebron to move into this like james harden role that he has with Kyrie and kd where he scores like 18 to 21 points and has 10 11 assists he doesn't need to be scoring 31 points 
putting up 25 shots and playing 40 minutes anymore. That's just not going to work. The same stuff, because literally you want to talk about the parallels of 2013. It's the same stuff that happened to Kobe. He was on his, he was 37. He was in like year 17. He was busting it to get the team to the finals, or not the finals, but at least get them to the playoffs. And he ended up just like literally tearing his Achilles. He was never the same player. And now LeBron is not Iron Man anymore. This man is broken. He just can't do that anymore. And it's supposed to be on AD. And I get it because, he, like you said, he's got a lot of responsibility as pretty much the only actually good defender on this team. We had some decent ones when they tried, but mostly LeBron can't sit in the chair that long. Westbrook doesn't want to. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> so, Melo. So, we don't really have that many defenders. Um, and you can't tell me that one player can't really – uh, orchestrate a top five, top ten defense because Rudy Gobert has been doing that in Utah for like the last three or four years now. They got better wing defense because they got Royce O'Neal and some other guys, but for the most part, it's pretty much Rudy Gobert. So, and also he hasn't been that aggressive on offense either. Like he said, he's shooting on a team with Russell Westbrook. You're shooting eighteen percent from three. You are a worse three point shooter than Russell Westbrook. Let's just let's just put that in perspective. I want the audience to pause and just ponder. That you, as a stretch big, allegedly, are shooting 10% worse from three than Russell Westbrook. That's something House, that's that's something I did not see coming this year at all. Um, that because I thought it was going to be really important to helping Westbrook fit on this team was be to be having AD play a lot of five lineups and to be stretching the floor quite a bit, and to have him shoot as bad as he did. I that, I you know that's just something I couldn't have foreseen. That's one of the many things I didn't. I will say just backing up to the defense because that's such a point of contention. It they have the weirdest the Lakers are having the weirdest season here because if you actually just look by the numbers they have. A top 10 defense and defensive rating. They're seventh out of 30. But in a point, which is so weird, it makes no sense. The eye test, yeah, the eye test, it's not, but not even the eye test, though. And their opponents' points per game, they're 25th out of 30. So that that kind of matches more what we see. And that's the thing because I made a joke about the Lakers' defense on Twitter, like not even 24 hours ago and I had a couple comments like they have a top 10 defense and I was like well are you actually watching them play like first of all I don't think they've played that many good teams as of late they actually watch this team play this is not a top 10 this is not a top 10 playoff championship level defense whatsoever they let the Timberwolves score 115 the other night like yeah no it's it's not a top 10 defense whatsoever maybe by that by that number but if you're expecting that to carry you through the playoffs right now and just say okay yeah we can 500 our way through the regular season and then our defense is going to win us games in the playoffs that that's not that's not what's happening with the lakers right now um guys are routinely mixing up coverages guys are getting beat i saw in the mavericks game uh lebron was it's, it's like you said when you have dj on the floor those are minutes that you're probably gonna get mixed and pick and roll it's just it's just gonna happen um i think that mostly what keeps them in games when they are healthy is they've been able to put together a few good performances where all three of them play good where ad plays good westbrook plays good braun plays good and once again it has not really been against great teams but it's just it's really weird because i've really paid attention to this team and i've watched them the whole season i'm like this, this defense is absolutely not great it was a possession against the bulls tonight you, you hadn't seen this one but demar Derozan's running down the floor i guess it was just a simple mistake by westbrook but he just had his head turn while demar rosen was running rosen said bet just like ran straight straight <laughs> Straight down the middle of the defense, which is it's those type of mistakes I've seen with this all season. So there's that. That's what you're talking about with AD and what's going on with him this season. 
um, not being able to actually unlock this team in transition. Because if you could get Westbrook and LeBron running together uh, as much as possible, they would be way more fun to watch and they would be way better because nobody can still, even though Westbrook is not maybe what he once was as an athlete, still has that burst. So if you can get him and LeBron in together. That that would be absolutely killer. But yeah, shout out to Westbrook for playing better lately. I, I had graphics and shit like that for his stats, but he's, he's playing much better. He's getting good finishes. It's not even shooting that bad, as you said, from three. AD yeah, shooting a lot shooting worse. Like 33% from three, I think, yeah, this for, year, which, I mean, by Westbrook standards, he might as well be in the three-point shootout in the shoot three-point <laughs> contest all weekend. Yeah, for, for him. Standards. Yeah, for him. Yeah. He's, he's not doing bad. And then y'all picked up good, like, the, turnovers, the turnovers are still atrocious. There's at least two turnovers every game. I'm like, come on, Westbrook. Like the ones where he's left his feet for whatever reason, like in the lane. Yeah, yeah that that does happen quite a bit. But, but um, uh, but that, that's just Westbrook. I yeah, just that just comes with him. That comes with him. So he's been playing good. We'll see how where that goes. The Isaiah Thomas signing was interesting. I, like you said, that's pretty much mostly because of what's happening with COVID right now. Kendrick Nunn got health and safety protocol. He ain't even stepped a foot on the court yet. Right. Um, so y'all got IT that doesn't that does absolutely nothing to help them defensively. It's kind of just a fill in right now to, you know, try to get more spacing, try to get a little bit more scoring. We'll see if he ends up getting signed for the season, but that's not necessarily what's going to to fix their issues, which is kind of what I'm wondering from you watching the squad. Again, let's just assume that people get healthy. You get 80 back in four weeks. Outbreak stop happening. Do you see this Lakers team as it is being able to get to a like conference finals level team or championship level team as it is? Because when you do get everybody like or I saw Ariza hit like a couple of corner threes today, they that's all you need him to do. You need him to be a primary defender sometimes just so you don't have to have like Melo guarding a guy. Uh, just little little roles will start to fill in as you get a Kendrick Nunn back, as you get an Ariza, as everyone is there. It can at least stop playing some of the lineups that they play. Frank Vogel won't, won't be forced to play it rondo dj and and westbrook on the same floor once everybody's back um but do you do you have any faith that this can become at least a contending level team because right now it's not a contender at where we are right now no. it's just not no no <laughs> no no i don't know if anybody's uh listening worked in fast food but we uh used to clean the uh stainless steel surfaces and shelves and stuff like that with this thing called contender they're closer to that than i talk <laughs> Um, so like my biggest thing with the Lakers is that we I've seen better wing in the frozen food section of a Walmart because we just have no real deal consistent three and D players Malik Monk has his games where he plays well and then Trevor Ariza Wayne Ellington Melo has his games where he's like Ray Allen and I appreciate that and he had like five threes today which I appreciate but like you know he has good games he has bad games he definitely don't play no defense so if we could just, to me, I feel like the biggest gap, beyond this fact we're just injured, is that our wing play is just so sorry. Because AD, even though he's not having his best season, I mean, he's still 24 and 10. And you can book him for at least like 20 points, eight rebounds a night, even on his bad night. So he's not as bad as people are calling him out. He's still like a French all-star level, even at his worst. But our wings, I mean, just THT, I'm sorry, but he's just been terrible this season. Um, Kent Bazemore has not been good this season. Uh, Wayne Ellington's been hurt. Trevor Reese has been hurt. Really, the only player on the wing outside of like Melo and his couple of like really good games that he's had that's been decent is Malik Monk. And even still, that just been super up and down. Like I know what I'm gonna get for Westbrook. I know what I'm gonna get from LeBron. And I typically know what I'm gonna get from AD. And that's you know, our guards. That's our center. Isaiah Thomas has been good. And I I, I 
talking about the signing of Isaiah Thomas a little bit, I mean, for one, it's mostly a COVID thing. It's a 10-day contract. Like, I love Isaiah Thomas. He's a 5'9 hooper. I look up to him. And since Nate Robinson got beat up by a YouTuber, I don't have a lot of other, <laughs> you know, short hoopers to look up to anymore. So, uh, I'm rooting for IT. I really am. But he doesn't do anything for us. Nobody ever looked at the Lakers and said, yeah, we need more guard scoring with no defense. Nobody has ever said that about the Lakers this season. And that's pretty much all we got. So, eh, but yeah, if we can find some wings to pick up, I feel like, and also if we could just really just bust out the kinks of our rotations, if Westbrook turn the ball over just, just a little bit, get it to like sub three, bro, just sub three a game. And AD can get his talent back from the Monstars. We'd be fine. And LeBron doesn't get injured. Um, but I don't see us as a contender at where we're at right now. And really, it just all comes down to seeding. Because if we're the seventh seed and we have to play, you know, the Warriors or the Suns, we're probably first round exit. But if we can get to like the four or five seed, I, I like our chances against a Utah or a Memphis or something like that. And then second round, right now we're a second round exit. So we'll see. I'm not that great on it. I, I never wanted Westbrook to get traded. I literally was in like a slight depressive state when I seen that we traded for him instead of DeRozan or Buddy Hield or anybody else. Um, and I remember my, all my friends were like, oh, you're being so dramatic. And I told him, I just said, I feel it in my gut. It's just not going to work out for us. I just feel it. Like I just, like Mr. Krabs, man, I feel it. I feel it. And I was right so far. That was not all his fault. But yeah, we going we gonna to see. But yeah, if I had to put a pin in it right now, Second round exit. You know, coming into the season when the Westbrook trade happened, I was looking at the Western Conference and I was going, okay, well, uh, Kawhi Leonard is out, so that automatically exits the Clippers out of contention. Uh, Utah is going to be Utah. They're going to be a a good regular season team, but it's all about if if they can actually close out a team that's better than them or on their level in the playoffs, which so far that just has seldom happened. Uh, I didn't I didn't count on Golden State being as good without Clay. I thought what they're doing now, I thought we'd have to wait to see Clay come back. So they are they are way better than I thought they were. I did and I I'll, I'll own it. Like I thought the Lakers could talent their way to pretty much a second or third seed in this conference, which at this specific moment it really looks like it's not going to get much better than fourth unless outbreaks again, COVID outbreaks can change this all cuz guys that end up playing John John Davis and and John Browns <laughs> and John Smiths and shit like that. So they they still <laughs> might be able to finesse that. But yeah, I, I for sure thought that Westbrook, Braun, and AD, which if they were all healthy, if they, I do want to protect myself a little bit with that. If this Lakers team was all healthy, I believe they in this Western Conference, oh, yeah. they probably could talent their way to that and then just kind of slide in behind a, a Phoenix or a Golden State. But I, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because you talk about that seven seed, it's still not necessarily, even though they're if they are a seven seed by that point, it probably means they weren't a good team to finish this season. It's still not really a great prize if you're Golden State or Phoenix to have to play LeBron and Anthony Davis in the playoffs in the first round. You probably still don't want that. Um, but they're, you know, you can rest assured that you're probably going to be able to cut them up on the defensive end if that's what if that's where they finish. Basically, we still got a long time in the season to go. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's I just want to see everyone get their guys back basically everyone get healthy outbreak stop happening and we will see where the los angeles lakers end up looking at the rest of the western conference i guess we can because we, we had zion on on here and you definitely seemed like you wanted to talk about him a little bit 
I have like a small three or four minute segment on him every single week just because there's always another update. Latest update, I think they said he was going to miss another four to six weeks. I'm saying because we haven't talked about this at all, so I don't know where you stand. But I've basically been saying since three weeks ago, like, fam, he's not playing this season. He's out for the season. He shouldn't play this season. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's he he playing for? The Pelicans are 10 and 21. They are how many games out? They are like like five games out from the plane. You, hey, no, no. What's actually crazy is the West is so like I don't want to say it's so bad, but damn, the bottom half is so messy. The Pelicans are actually only two and a half out of a play-in spot right now. Good. Oh, really? oh yeah, because yeah. the Kings are terrible. Yeah. So I mean, technically, okay, congratulations. They're playing Zion, so they can lose in the first round. Yeah, which I don't think is worth it at all because that's that's my like okay. So what's happening in New Orleans? Because people probably aren't paying attention at all. Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram is hooping. Like he's he's taking a, a step on the court. Some of his finishes are starting to. It's really coming alive to that point where he's using those tools that we saw when he got drafted. It's it's really it's filling out. So it'd be kind of cool to maybe inspire some confidence so he's not. The whole thing is just it's Zion is your prized possession there. Brandon Ingram is too, but Zion is your prized possession. I don't understand how you could possibly justify putting a guy that size, even if he's shaped up a little bit since some of the pictures we saw. I don't know how you could justify putting him out there on a foot injury that's regressing in a season like this where he's going to be in and out. He's probably going to end up with with protocol problems too. Uh, there's conditioning that goes with that. I have no clue why you would necessarily want that but i will also be transparent and say i I didn't realize they were two and a half games out of the play in the west is crazy bro the kings have 12 wins the kings have 12 (laughs) wins the blazers have 12 wins the spurs have 11 so as bad as the pelicans and well the rockets actually they they went on a massive after that massive losing streak they actually started winning a bit um yeah these teams that started off just piss poor actually all have a chance god even the oklahoma city thunder they have nine wins that is any, embarrassing for the west that any team in the west any team in the west could actually get at least to a play-in spot right now so and not because it's good but because of how piss poor it is and that's, yeah that's the worst part yeah it's gross. but uh yeah you ba- you so you basically want to see zion next season pretty much i mean my thing is escalate i mean i mean zion is <laughs> not really in a position Cause just it's just like look the fact is look I've been in New Orleans that Creole Cajun pasta is it's it's good and the thing is I got the metabolism to burn that thing off Zion obviously does not so you mix in a bad metabolism with some big boniness and the lack of ability to work out because on a broken foot you're not I'm sorry you're just not gonna be able to do anything period so and it's just weird because like on different angles like I've seen pictures of Zion get leaked where he looks fine and then in that Gatorade commercial. He looked like he ain't stepped off that couch since 2020. So it's hard to say where he actually is physically, but, and I guess standing wise, which is embarrassing for the West, but technically they have a chance to make the playoffs. But I, again, I just wonder for what, like, what are they playing for? Like, what's the point of putting Zion at risk? Cause he's just going to rush him back. He's not going to be fully ready to play. He's going to get hurt again. And then you're back where you started. And then what? You're just going to go through this process every year where Zion plays 40 games phenomenally. And he's obviously, and he's obviously a great player. Like, he's a generational talent. Because last year, he's, he played, like, you know, 60-ish games, something like that. He was putting up 27, 7-4, 61% from the field. Then he was leading the league in field goal percentage. So he has the, the tools to be a great player. But at the end of the day, the best ability is availability. And if he ain't ready to play, you got to wait until he's actually consistently going to be on the floor and you want to talk about creating a winning culture having your star player get catered to 
and just not play because he doesn't want to eat salad instead he just wants to eat creole cajun pasta every day with the extra garlic bread and a two liter of pepsi i mean that's just not a good culture for anybody and i know brandon ingram is not a fan of that because i already know that they're because they're not winning any games brandon ingram as great as brandon ingram has been he is not the type of player who's going to be your the best player on a contending team it has to be zion um and they're not playing for anything this year zion is injury prone zion needs to get in shape zion needs to stay somewhere with his personal trainer and literally only eat like quinoa for a year and then come back in 2022 yeah i want to see them save it till next year because uh with what ingram is kind of added to his game i'd like to be able to see what zion can help or what he can add to that as a second star whether they can actually be a duo that will you know take a team far is is remain to be seen like if they'll actually fit as a duo um you know we won't obviously know that for quite a bit because right now it's just like step one getting down back on the court i had i had seen some of the pictures you were talking about where again like you just can't tell because when we saw him on tv it looked crazy i saw him in the mall that Gatorade the picture I, I, my mouth yeah gap yeah it's it apparently it's not like that anymore but also i'm just like we're already in december whether he's not gonna play he's not even gonna be cleared to do basketball activities at this rate until january february uh so i i totally agree why but um the pelicans seem like they, with everything they keep saying they i don't know if they're just trying to inspire confidence in the fan base or what but everything they say is kind of like hey we're gonna try to bring him back this season so we'll see what's gonna happen with that still a young guy uh as we start to reach the end here we do have a, a lot of good young guys right now it's terms of rookies because this has been a hell of a rookie class i'm wondering if you have like a, a favorite because even as we started it was great it's like evan mobley scotty barnes you got wagner and or wagner and orlando but one that's been a uh, late bloomers it's well not even a late bloomer he was just hurt it's kate cunningham good god almighty mm. the pistons first of all are four and 24 they suck but kate cunningham does look nice um so uh, i've enjoyed watching his development i think when he gets legitimate nba players around him it's gonna be awesome um but i don't know do you do any kind of rookie watch or does you know since oh yeah, yeah. I love, oh yeah i love rookie watch so Kate, for one, I mean, he missed like the first, what was like 10, 15 games of the yeah, season. He missed quite a bit. Um, and he was bad. Like I, I remember people, he had like two points his first game. People was like, oh, a bust. But like, are you really judging bust on the first game of an injury playing for the Pistons? Really? <laughs> exactly. Come on. Come on, people. Let's let's stop it. But but Kate's been good. I feel like I feel like in the stretch that he's been healthy and actually been playing, he's probably been the best rookie. But, you know, I got to take into consideration kind of like the same thing people do with like Joel Embiid and Malcolm Brogdon. It's like, well, I'm taking the full body of the season, even though you've been better and you're staying, especially because we actually had some good rookies because Scotty Barnes is my favorite rookie. I feel like the Raptors not being good. He hasn't got as much shine. And he has, even though he was the fourth overall pick, I feel like people don't like his name is just not as popping out as like Cade and Jalen Green. Um, and Evan Mobley, but he's been solid. And he's my favorite to watch personally. Like, I just like his game, like that point forward, because that's just like my favorite type of player to watch. But uh, for me, Evan Mobley's been the best. I mean, for one, he's the only one who's actually contributing to a winning team. So you get points in my book for actually helping your team win, because most of these rookies just put up empty stats for teams that are like the 12th seed in their conference. So Evan Mobley, I would say, is like the top of my rookie ladder. Scotty Barnes is my favorite to watch. I also like Josh Giddy. I love Josh. Yeah, Giddy. Facts. I love his game. And he, 
every time he plays the Lakers, and I mean that's everybody because Lakers suck, but he all but he always tortures us. Um, so I like Josh Giddy. My pick right now would be Evan Mobley though for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Mobley. Again, we don't know with guys just being in and out so much, but up to this point, I'm pretty sure it had been Evan Mobley, and they're 19 and 12 at this moment, uh, third, fourth in the East, which was just that's far past projections. Even when they drafted, they drafted Mobley. You're like, oh yeah, Cleveland could be a, probably a, a nice seven seed. Right now, they are they, they look better than they look solidly better than the seven seed teams like the Washington Wizards. Easy. And yeah, um, speaking of which, as a, we, I talk about rookies a lot, so I don't have to spend a whole lot of time on there. But one interesting thing I feel like is falling by the wayside is Philadelphia now being ninth. They are a 500 team. Uh, ben Simmons situation has not been resolved yet. Tyrese Maxey came in and stepped, he stepped into that role nicely. But I think that there's a lot that they're trying to figure out with running the offense through Joel Embiid slash getting maxi his look so that he can be the most effective um they did miss him for that 10 days at the beginning which i think really kind of messed him up a little bit but uh hearing an outside perspective would be cool because I, I i don't know how much i really mentioned simmons as a matter of fact let me just open my google drive real quick because there was a lot of trade rumors that came out last week involving him um they were saying ben simmons gosh they like the knicks Timber, the lakers. Timberwolves, knicks and lake we yeah lakers what though that one i didn't even think about discussing we're like first of all i don't know that had to be a three-team trade Lakers are playing fantasy basketball like we don't even have the pieces to get him but like, honestly if we were a fantasy basketball team we would be the best team in the league because if you just Facts. looked at us on paper we have the most top to bottom we have the probably the most names that you would recognize but right, they don't right. mix at all like we got Ice cream, mashed potatoes, mayonnaise, and like horseradish. And like individually, these are all quality things, but you mash them together, and that is literally a concoction that'll send you straight to the toilet. Like, Facts. yeah, no, I couldn't even imagine I, that one. We should have talked about that while we were talking about the Lakers. I can't even imagine in what capacity I would be interested in seeing Simmons a part of the Lakers. Of course, maybe if you could trade him for Westbrook, like his I, versatility, I mean, even still, though, like his defensive like versatility. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. His defensive versatility it does kind of solve an issue there. Of course, there's no possible way because the Sixers don't want anything with Westbrook that didn't help them. So I, I think it would have to be three team probably if it did happen. Um, so you boost the defense a little bit, but I don't think it like moves the needle for all the work they would have to go through to get him. I don't think it it moves the needle. Yeah. I, I saw this one three team trade rumor between the Sixers, the Mavs, and the Knicks that was actually really interesting. <laughs> I want to see if I can find it, but it was a three-way where the Mavs would get. Oh, now they tripping. There's no way this would happen. Okay, so the Mavs somehow would get Ben Simmons and Kimball Walker. Mm-hmm. The Knicks would get Charles Bassey, and then the 76 would get Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2025 first round lottery protected. There's no way. Yeah. I will say Brunson's having a nice season for the Mavericks. Uh, he he's doing well. <laughs> That shit, but Daryl Morey ain't going for that shit at all, though. No. He, he, <laughs> he at least had, like, come on now. Like, you're telling me the Mavs are going to get Ben Simmons and Kimba? I know Kimba's name means more than how he's actually playing, but there's no way that the Knicks and the Sixers are giving up the best two players in this trade. Well, I don't know. You can make the argument that Kimba Walker's not better than Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. this year, but, yeah, but Brunson still, like... Yeah, not yeah, more. And plus, Morey's not doing that anyways because he feels he feels like he needs a, a name back for Simmons. Like he needs exactly. Like, the, you go to Joel and B and say, "Yeah, we're getting Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr." He probably go straight to McDonald's, like yeah. subtweet Rihanna and and. <laughs> 
instantly within 24 hours. <laughs> it's funny because they would be nice pieces, but for all the struggle that they've went through with him, you're going to have to, I, I think Brunson is nice, but the, the Sixers and for their fans too, you have to do more than that. Cause I highly doubt Sixers like just fans. Just for a morale level. You can't, yeah. you can't do that. Like you got to get a name that the casual fan would be like, Oh wow. That's a person who I think is good. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying like, even if they got Kimba, like even though he's all that, not that good, at least like the casual NBA fan would be able to say like, Oh, I've, heard of him so he must still be good i guess uh that's the thing about this ben simmons trade though because it's like this weird situation of a player who is extremely talented but not as talented as the group that is trying to trade him believe he is and so nobody is going to give them a piece that is actually the equivalent of what he's worth because they think he's so much more valuable than he actually is it's like that one girl who's like a six at the bar but she refuses to talk to anybody shorter than like six three with like tats hey yo that sounded personal <laughs> <laughs> it might have been, it might have been. Uh, shit sounded personal um, short kings is winning <laughs> do you <laughs> I saw this. I'll talk about it later. Um, do you do you think this is going to get resolved before February's trade deadline? Or, or is Daryl Moore really going to be able to just, you know, sit on this asset and Simmons actually sit out the whole season and this drag on into, into next year? Because it seems like with the amount of teams that are actually interested, like I didn't get to read the list. It's Knicks, Lakers, Wolves, Blazers, Kings, Pacers, Cavaliers. Like, fam, it kind of feels like somebody's going to be able to pull this off. Because if you're Daryl Moore, again, you have to – I talked about this last week. You have to – count into the fact how much you're using Joel Embiid and I know he signed his contract now so you're not necessarily under pressure but also you want to get him pieces sooner yeah exactly yeah you got to get sooner or later do you think this will be resolved this year though you think he's gonna just fold or yeah (laughs) it's just weird because I feel like it needs to be because at this point you know the 76ers are like a fringe playoff team right now and they're better than that and I know Joel Embiid isn't He's obviously, you know, not happy about this whole Ben Simmons controversy. And it's not really anybody's fault specifically because I don't know where you stand on the pro-Ben Simmons, anti-Ben Simmons stance on this. Me personally, I'm kind of anti-Ben Simmons, but at the same time, I see his point. But it's just a cluster of nonsense going on in the locker room. Again, Joel Embiid is playing quality basketball, but you never know how long it's going to be before he's basically like he's hanging together with like duct tape and spit right now and it just takes one hard fall for him to fall over and you know tear something he's out for 40 games again or something like that um plus just like for morale sake and for chemistry locker for locker room sake you can't have a guy like ben simmons just messing things up because i hear i didn't even know the 76ers had dropped all the way to the eighth seed in the east because the only thing i ever hear about them is ben simmons where's ben simmons what's ben simmons doing what did ben simmons eat for breakfast today this this and that it's always ben simmons nothing about the actual 76ers um and they're not good enough to be a contender without somebody of that ben simmons-esque level but they don't want cj mccollum they're not going to get dame I don't even know. I mean, maybe they're talking about um, the T-Wolves. Maybe they get D-Lo because, I mean, mm. it seems like the Timberwolves aren't super bullish on D-Lo this season because he hasn't been that great. But I don't know. That's just a weird thing. Like, I feel like the trade's not going to happen until the 76ers realize that Ben Simmons isn't an 8. He's a six and a half, seven, and they just got to take what they get. Um, so 
Yeah, speaking we'll of the, speaking of D'Lo and the Timberwolves, they've just kind of gotten screwed because coming into this year and at the beginning, when they actually have that group together on the floor, they were pretty good. Defensively, Timberwolves were good, um, even a little bit exciting to watch. It's just been tough that D'Lo will go out with like an ankle sprain and now you got Anthony Edwards out shortly after he had hit 10 three-pointers in the game because he's taking a big step this year. Cat is hooping, but you can just never get the starting five that you need to to play consistent games. And that's just what happens in Minnesota. That's par for the course. Like it, yeah. In my lifetime, this is basically just Minnesota. Whether they have good players on the roster or not, somehow they find a way to be at the back of the conference. That's just that's just what happens to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, yeah, that's basically you know part of what's the, the story that's going on in the West. Luka Doncic has admittedly not been in his best shape, so he's missed a couple of games. They are a 500 team. The Nuggets have been totally screwed over, which is wasting a great season from Jokic, by the way. Because if the Jokic is having one of the yes. greatest individual seasons of all time, yes. and nobody cares. Yes, the Nuggets, if they were third right now, if they were second or third, you would be hearing way more Jokic MVP chatter. You don't hear it because he's playing he would, with... He would repeat for MVP if they were... a top four or five seed in the west right now yeah i definitely think yeah it would have to be top it would have to be top four the ways you guys like steph and kd playing it would he would have to be like into that three range but it sucks because if you look at the nuggets if you watch a nuggets game where you just come in the morning after and look at the box score for them you'll see names you absolutely don't recognize coming off the bench um it, it guys are just filling in you know michael porter jr is gone jamal murray's gone so nuggets are just they, they're in hell right now and they're not gonna be able to beat any of these top teams um we have to see what jamal murray comes back with but even then there's gonna be a ramp up period for him so we see with that no matter what the clippers do i'm surprised that they're fifth seed right now but no matter what they do without Kawhi leonard that ain't that's not going anywhere serious the Memphis Grizzlies, 19. We didn't talk about them. I don't know how much you pay attention to Memphis at all. So I didn't really. I, ain't put them I, I on did here. when Ja was playing. He's been hurt. So I haven't watched them, but they've been winning without like, him. Bruh, which it's crazy. Was not something I expected. It's weird. But the Grizzlies are no joke. 19 and 11. Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks have actually taken on legitimate. Well, it's it's more surprising for me with Dylan Brooks. Uh, these games taking on legitimate like creation duties and whatnot with the ball. And they've they've been just winning as a pure basketball team. When you watch them without John Morant, there's no flash at all. It's just basic basketball. Um, I think they're 19 and 12. I think they lost tonight. So that'll be really interesting to see what happens when Jaw comes back and, and how they mix that because he's been gone for probably at least a month now. We talked about Utah a little bit. I know where you stand on that. They're the third seed. It's only in, in nine. Um, but Great nobody. regular season team, but they're going to be <laughs> second round out at best. I mean, and that sucks because Donovan Mitchell is one of my favorite players. Yeah. I'm from Louisville. So when he was in University of Louisville, when he was in college for those three years, I watched him all three of those years. I've always loved Donovan Mitchell. Right. And the thing is, he plays superstar basketball. Like He's one of the few players that I can definitively say when it comes time for the postseason – he's going to play better than he has played in the regular season. Cause oh, he's yeah. like an all-star regular season, but he's a genuine superstar come postseason. Uh, he's like, but their uh, defense is not, this is not there in the playoffs. Cause Rudy Gobert gets cooked every year. So yeah, <laughs> fool's gold. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's how everyone I talk to feels about them. And I, I don't necessarily disagree because there's even times in the regular season. I do pay attention to them just to see if they're, if they're ever going to turn that corner and be a real contender in my eyes. But I, I cannot help but notice that when a perimeter player gets Rudy Gobert on him, 10 times out of 10, they will try to go to work. They will, you know, hezzy, tween, Ten's step back. Gave you 40 in the postseason. 
Like they That's try. All I have to say. They all try. They they the as funny as Anthony Edwards' comment was last week about players not fearing Gobert, and he's a good rim protector, but players still try him. Like Lonnie Walker, basically, I think had the game winning or game extending bucket anyways by going straight into his chest. Like guys don't fear him. That was a whatsoever. tough bucket. That was a tough bucket though. He earned so that it. Was hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was good defense. That was good defense by Rudy. But it's just. When he's on the perimeter, I see, or if he's even protecting the rim, which he does a good job at, I do see people go at him ferociously, but especially on the perimeter. Guys will always try to drag him out there Mar- and shoot over chicken. him. Always, always, I always see, will try. I, I don't have the Never stats saw. on it. Maybe he's better than uh, than he looks when I'm actually watching. But, yeah, I, I feel y'all on, on Utah. The East is just crazy because right now teams like Atlanta and, and Philly, who we thought would be top teams, are still all the way back here. It's looking like there's a chance the Wizards might end up falling out. It's almost not enough. There's just not enough room in the East for for everybody, really, because somebody gonna miss it. Somebody who was in the playoffs last year is about to miss it. That's that's what it's looking like right now. Uh, the Knicks have pretty much fallen completely off. They haven't been able to put it together with all the new additions. And then once health gets back, right, once everybody gets healthy, know the Bucks will be up there. Know the Heat will be up there. Um, and the Cav- now you've thrown the Cavaliers into that picture. So that's going to be wild. I just hope they all get healthy and we're all able to see it. That's basically what's going on with this season right now. I, I'm it's fucking midnight over here. I am tired. If you have any wrapping remarks on this week or this season, you can speak on those. And then we'll go ahead and start to wrap this up. Yeah, uh, none too much, man. We talked about pretty much everything that was uh, top of mind for me. Um we didn't talk about I know we mentioned we were talking about like MVP I think I said KD who'd you say did you also say KD for MVP but then probably be Steph by the end of the year because when everybody comes back and is healthy they're gonna forget about how good he was when he was doing the carry yeah 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 right now KD would be number one I I would I would agree with that just because Steph went on like a a rampage over the last couple weeks trying to get that record so while he was doing that KD was carrying so yeah he, he's probably leading right now i would just say talk about the mvp race i think Jokic's name has to be there he's not gonna win it the, the reality is with the record it's You're not, not it's not give gonna it to happen because he's not flashy he's not flashy he's not breaking any records that the typical fan like because because if you really think about it the only player who's ever won mvp without being like a top four seed Pretty much was just like Westbrook when he won a trip when he got the triple double. It's rare. I think Kareem did so, it once a while ago. Like it's it's yeah. it's very rare. Yeah. I think KG. I think KG did that in two thousand four. I mean it's it's rare. Like you have to be doing something incredible. And the thing is, Jokic is just a fundamental player. Like he's boring. Nothing Jokic does will make sports center top ten. So I don't he's know not going to get the, pa- the passes will the passes some of, will. some of the passes I will say the, the passes, passes will. Legit. I'm a Jokic stand. I just I just understand that with the record that it's not it ain't happening. It's not gonna happen. So you I'm gotta not, do I'm something otherworldly to to win yeah. MVP, especially when you're especially like in a season where there's so many other people who are like clear cut having great seasons. Right. It's not like a situation where like I know it's not even MVP, but like I always think about rookie of the year when Joel and B lost to Malcolm Brogdon. Because Malcolm Brogdon averaged like 10 points and four assists that year. But it's like, well, we gotta give it to somebody. Mm. And he fits the bill. <laughs> it's not one of those types of sit- like that was literally that was yeah. a pity rookie of the year. Oh, but gosh. like in this situation, you got guys like Steph and KD who are still having great seasons. So it's not like giving it to them would be a robbery because they're actually doing MVP level stuff. Right, right. So so we'll see though. He definitely at least deserves to be like a top three finish, in my opinion. He won't win, but at least like let him know he didn't just have a record season for no reason. 
Yeah, and it, it don't have like that's why I'm not dying on that hill because I know how MVP is voted on. I don't waste my breath trying to die on these hills. They're not going to give it to him unless he gets a high seed. But also because he's probably not done winning MVPs. He has season. He had a season like this last year. He's damn near better this year. Once the Nuggets are healthy, he'll get that recognition. He'll probably win another MVP in his career. Probably has a championship oh, somewhere down the line. So it don't have to all happen at once, right? Not everybody has right. that Giannis type run. Uh, we're just like you get everything in a short amount of time so but yeah man um this is this has definitely been fun this week has not been fun that's why i just said you know what i'm gonna just kind of have like a laid back pod and just kind of talk about some of the things that have happened this season because i could you know talk about some of the the no name players basically that have done well this week but i'd be lying to you if i said it's enjoyable to watch for me basketball this week has just been like on a basic level it's cool (laughs) like it's on a basic level it's cool but um when when you have christmas day coming up and you know half the slate like 70 percent of the slate is already damaged i'm like i'm I'm not in a good mood when it comes to basketball this week but uh anyways though i appreciate you being on um well i'll probably Definitely get you on a little bit later in the season if the Lakers have turned it around or if they've fallen all the way to 10th seed, regardless. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have something to I'm gonna have something to say regardless. It's either gonna be funny because I'm about to blast these boys, or I'm about to be high off life because we're about to win the championship and get LeBron number five. Right, but right. Yeah, probably not this see. year. Probably and nah, the worst, nah. and the, and the worst part. And the worst part about that is if it do, if they do have a poor finish, they have to figure out how to retool this roster, which is also kind of oh wild. <laughs> that's the reason why that Westbrook has to, and that's why I just felt like the Westbrook trade was so stupid. Because even if you think about it outside of the fit, you are basically handcuffing yourself to that contract. Because like <laughs> this side of John Wall, that is the worst contract in the NBA. Like you can't get off of that unless you're taking this pure cap filler and in that case you're literally trading him for nothing so you have literally handcuffed us for the next like how many how many years you got left on this contract two or three i don't even remember if but it's at least until yeah. lebron retires or not retires but at least till lebron's career is um with the, with the lakers is over we're handcuffed to russell westbrick and that does not make me feel very good about our situation at all. Same. But at least we got Isaiah Thomas and Carmelo and Dwight and Rondo. Like, like I said, we're like the best fantasy. Like, if this was 2015 and this is like a fantasy basketball team, we would go 82 and 0. I'm gonna let you know but, right now, Westbrook fans gonna be on your on your head in the comment section, <laughs> <laughs> especially because this is a stretch where he's played well. They they not gonna hear nothing else you said. They gonna be on your motherfucking head. But anyway, just for his for his contract, I didn't realize actually he has a player option for 47 million next year, which he's absolutely oh. not gonna drop. So at a minimum, he'll play his him and LeBron will play one season together, and then like if LeBron does end up going to Cleveland, it won't feel as bad because like you won't be stuck with like an older Westbrook or anything he'll probably be gone too by that point so yeah I know, for a fact he's, I know for a fact Westbrook taking that because he ain't getting 40 mil from nobody else again. yeah that, he's taking that any nobody in their right mind would not sign this 47 million dollar player option right. yeah that, that you know, 47 mil in LA oh yeah yeah that's happening I'll take my I'll take a 4.7 mil player option in LA like, <laughs> stop it all right well bucket it's been fun y'all comment section you can find it if you listen to i should have said at the beginning but spotify apple Podcasts, links are in the comment section and description um you can leave if these uh these whisper comments have made you mad you can leave those in the comment section too i'm pretty sure they they probably have but it is what it is and um yeah i'll I'll see you next week hopefully basketball will be a little bit better and i want to talk about gabe vincent kicking the sixers and magic in the ass y'all take it easy